Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 9, beginning at verse 2. Glory Glory to to you, O Lord. Six days later... Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to imagine with you this morning what it would have been like to be one of the characters in this story. Not... Jesus or even Peter, but the secondary characters, maybe James or John, the ones who don't get any lines in the story, who are mostly just there to observe, it seems like. So imagine with me. You've been traveling for quite a while now with Jesus, ever since that one day when he called you to follow him. And you weren't there for his baptism, but you know, you've heard stories probably about what happened. After all, some of the other disciples in the group would have been followers of John the Baptist, and so they were probably there that day. So they would have heard that heavenly voice at the Jordan River declare over Jesus, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. But you and your brother were just fishermen back then. You were minding your own business, in your boats, mending your nets, when one day Jesus walked by and he called you to follow him. And you knew that this was one of those moments in life where everything could change. And there was something about this Jesus, something compelling about this young itinerant rabbi. And so you answered his call. You dropped your nets, you left your father's ebony behind in the boat, and you followed him. And over the next few months since that day, You've heard him teach about God's kingdom, teach again and again in the synagogues on the Sabbath day, speaking to crowds of people, crowds that have kept growing larger and larger and larger, thousands of people at a time. This is a movement that he's leading. And over and over again, you've heard Jesus proclaim the coming of God's kingdom. God's reign is near. God's reign is at hand. And beyond the teaching, you've seen him do miracles, performing signs as proof that what he's talking about, what he's saying is true. 
God is doing something miraculous. Some of the miracles have been big. Just recently, you helped him distribute food to a crowd of over 5,000 people. And all you had were just a couple loaves and a few fish. And yet somehow that was enough for Jesus. And so he blessed it and he gave it to you to pass around the people. And somehow you just kept reaching in and handing it out and just there was enough. There was an abundance. There was plenty for everyone. And it wasn't just that time. There have been plenty of smaller miracles too. Like that time when Peter's mother-in-law was sick and Jesus raised her back to health. Or this one time, there was a man who had a demon, actually it was a whole bunch of demons apparently, and Jesus commanded the demons to leave the man and go into a herd of pigs. That was a weird one. The farmer was not very happy when his pigs all ran into the ocean and drowned. (laughs) So many people have been healed. It's hard to keep track. Lepers and a bleeding woman, a synagogue leader's daughter. It's been amazing to watch. And so you, you can hardly believe it that you've gotten to be a part of it. And of course, not everyone is happy with what Jesus has been doing. Some people have been skeptical because they know where Jesus came from. I mean, they know he's, he's just one of us. He grew up in Nazareth, born in Bethlehem. His father's a carpenter. It's hard to imagine a real prophet or a leader from God coming from Nazareth. And there's others King Herod, some of the religious leaders, you know, they're pretty content with the way things are right now. They are not really interested in a new kingdom coming. They, they like the kingdom they have. You've even heard King Herod executed John the Baptist for criticizing him. And of course, John was right, but he ought to have known that he was playing with fire. Sometimes it seems like Jesus is doing that too. And just recently, you were with the other disciples in Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus asked you what people were saying about him. And there was some discussion that Jesus was a great teacher like John had been, you know, before Herod got to him, or even one of God's great messengers from the past, a prophet of old Elijah or Isaiah or Jeremiah, someone like that, Ezekiel maybe. But then Peter spoke up, you know, like Peter always speaks up. And Peter said, you are the Messiah. And Jesus agreed, and then he changed the subject. And he started talking about suffering and death and rising again. But ever since Peter said that, ever since Peter said that for the last week, you've been wondering, was he right? Could this Jesus, this man, your friend, could he really be the Messiah? the Savior God promised for your people. How would you know? That was six days ago. The question keeps rolling around in your mind. And of course, Jesus is doing great things, the miracles and the teaching. Of course, he's a wonderful leader, but the Messiah? Someone straight from God? So I imagine that that's probably just some of what's going on in Peter and James and John's mind, especially James and John, as they go up this high mountain with Peter and Jesus, just the four of them. And on that mountain, something happens. They get this glimpse, this revelation of who Jesus truly is. So first, Jesus is transfigured before them. There's a word we don't use very often. He's transfigured before them. He's changed. His clothes become dazzling white, 
Mark says, they're whiter than anyone on earth could bleach them. And this story always reminds me of a Super Bowl ad from a couple years ago. There, I don't, you probably don't remember this. I think it was 2019. There were a whole bunch of different ads, and they all turned out to be for Tide laundry detergent. And you could tell because none of the characters, whether they were driving a car or playing in the mud or going to a fine restaurant, none of them had stains. So every ad ended with, this is a Tide ad. This experience is not actually about laundry detergent. It's not about how white you can bleach clothing. Something miraculous is going on here. Because suddenly, talking with Jesus in his bright, white, glowing clothing, there's these two people, Elijah and Moses. And these are two of the greatest people in history, the people that God has spoken through in the past. I also wonder, every time I read this story, how exactly the disciples knew who they were. But apparently they know, and they, they would have heard all about the stories of Elijah and Moses. They would have grown up hearing about them. Moses is essentially the founding father of Israel. He's the one who led the people of Israel out of their slavery into Egypt through the wilderness. He's the one who received the Ten Commandments from God. And notice, by the way, God seems to like showing up on mountains, thin spaces, sacred spaces where heaven meets earth. And Moses is the reason the people know God's law, the reason that they, are who, they know who they are. They know how to live as God's chosen people. And then there's Elijah. And Elijah is the great prophet who restored Israel when they'd fallen away from God, when they'd forgotten about that law that Moses had given them. He's not, he's not the only one who calls them back. That's kind of what prophets do. But he's probably the most significant of the prophets. And still today, he's the one, Elijah, who is mentioned each week in Jewish Sabbath celebrations. He's the one that a circumcision ceremony, you leave a chair open for, the chair for Elijah. He's the one who's zealous for the Lord. And so these two figures, Moses and Elijah, they are the living representation of God's historical activity in the world. They represent what God has been doing, how God has brought God's people to this place. And here they are on this mountain talking with Jesus. So in a way, this story is about passing the torch from the historical figures to Jesus. This man, Jesus, the disciples find out, is the one through whom God is going to redeem the world. But even that is not enough. That's the point in the story where Peter starts babbling about putting up some tents and staying for a while, not because it's a good idea, but because he doesn't know what else to say. And I like the contrast in verse 6. It says, He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. All of them are terrified, but only Peter is the one who it says doesn't know what to say. Apparently James and John don't feel the same need to fill this empty sacred space with words. But again, that's not all that happens. A cloud comes up and overshadows them. And again, God has a history of being present in clouds as well, leading the people of Israel by a cloud. A voice from the cloud says, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And it's an echo, of course, of the words spoken at Jesus' baptism. But there it was spoken to Jesus. And it's 
a little unclear from the text who else got to hear it. Some Gospels, it seems like it's an audible voice. Everybody hears some. It really appears it's Jesus hearing it. That time, it's, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. It's God affirming Jesus' identity to him, giving him strength before his temptation that we'll hear about in worship next week, giving him strength before he goes out and begins his public ministry. These words on the mountain are spoken to the disciples. So this is, again, an affirmation of Jesus' identity as God's son, but it's also a command. Listen to him. And then suddenly it's just Jesus and the disciples there. The disciples looked around, but they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And Jesus was enough. Jesus is enough. It's not that Moses and Elijah and the rest of the great prophets and the rest of the ancient heroes of the past and the Old Testament are not important, but they all point to Jesus. They all point to God's Son, God's plan for salvation. The law and the prophets and all the miracles of the past, the lineage of King David, all of it points to Jesus. And as Christians, we believe Scripture, all of Scripture is the story of Jesus. He is the way God is redeeming the world. It's all about Jesus. As Paul writes to the church in Corinth, this is all about the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who is the light of the world. Jesus is the one who reveals God to us. And you and I don't get, of course, the same moment of a voice speaking through the clouds, but we get to know a lot more of the story than Peter, James, and John did. We get the witness of the empty tomb. We get the proof of Jesus' power over death, the ultimate proof that he is who he says he is. We encounter the light of the gospel here in the body of Christ, in the waters of baptism, at the table where Christ gives us his very self, and Jesus is still enough. The prophet Isaiah asks, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? And this is the God revealed in Jesus Christ. This is the one who has come to save us. This is the one who has come to redeem the world. The one who made you, who made all of creation, is the same God who has entered this world out of love for you. Jesus, who is God in the flesh, God with us, has laid down his life for you. This Jesus is God's Son, this is the one we worship and praise. Listen to him. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.